0: Welcome to another IG live. Today we are going to talk about how to share pricing with your clients. Um, The past couple weeks we've been talking about different ways. Um, Hey DJ Brockstar, thanks for joining us. Hey Sattler Dave, thanks for joining us. I have um, my kitten is in the room with me for the first time for an IG live so we'll see if he behaves himself. We'll see if he jumps on the camera or tries to get in the way. But if you see me distracted, it's because I have this adorable little kitty over here. Um hey surfias. Surfias, I'm not sure how to say that. Hey Disbribri. Hey Gypsy Yoga Cat Valeria. Gypsy Yoga Cat. I love that. So today thanks for being here live. You can drop a question in the chat as we go. And if you're watching on the replay, thanks for being here for the replay. And you can drop questions in the comments and I'll try to get to them yay! Um, So we're talking about how to share pricing today. And this is mainly if you are booking entertainment at events and working directly with clients or event planners, because there's a lot of nuances there. So it's more complex. Um, Now, if you work primarily with entertainment agencies or entertainment companies, it's a little more straightforward, but you can definitely listen in because there's a lot of gems I'm going to share today. And then if you're a circus coach, I feel like sharing pricing is even more straightforward, but for sure, listen to what we're talking about, ask questions, because there might be situations I haven't considered. And I'm gonna try to see if I can get little Chester Copperpot up here to say hi. This is Chester Copperpot. He's our new little kitten. (laughs) Hey, James Shawworthy. Um, Thanks for being here. So if we haven't met, I'm Eile. I use she, her pronouns. And I'm a business coach for Circus Entrepreneurs. I also call myself the Chief Inspiration Officer here at Circus Boss. And we work with circus entrepreneurs that want to make their businesses better and make sure their businesses are working for them to meet their goals. And to spend more time in the studio and on stage doing what you do best. right? So um, I'm just going to go ahead and dive in to these topics. These questions came up through... Another IG Live I did a few weeks ago on, do you need different rates? So if you work for different in different markets or if different types of people are hiring you, you might need different rates. And so if you haven't seen that IG Live yet, when we're done with today, go back and look on the, um, there's a video tab on our profile on Instagram. So you can watch past IG Lives. The replays are all posted there. Plus I drop them to our podcast. So you can tune into the Circus Boss podcast but there's one a couple weeks ago that was about should you have different rates and so that brought up great questions of like well if i'm having different rates how do i share my rates and even if you don't have different rates if you have consistent rates across the board the question of how do you share your rates still comes up so miranda had a great question she asked like well do i share it on my website um because someone told me and mar- it was someone that was did marketing told me before that i should have my pricing on my website and there's a lot of people that have that opinion um, and it all comes down to your unique situation, so I'm going to talk about that today. Before we dive into that, I just want to clarify the bigger picture because I want to help you understand what's your unique situation is, so I can, um, you know, give you pointers for that unique, you know, set of parameters. So I just want to talk really quickly about a way that I distinguish the different places and people that we work for. So I like to talk about a market, and that's going to be like. Kind of like the industry of where you're working and then there's the target market so the types of events or shows or gigs that you do and then the target audience is who are the people hiring you so there's the market the target market the target audience and all of those can be different and that's why i can't give just a blanket piece of advice because you'll see as we get into some of the information today like it really depends it depends on your unique situation so I wanna give just an example of that market, target market, target audience breakdown. For example, I may say, my market is events. I work, I produce entertainment in the live event industry. Well, what type of events? Because that's a broad category. So that's when we narrow it down again, or niche it down, however you wanna say it, to target market. So then I can say, so I work, I produce entertainment or sell book entertainment or perform in the live events industry or market. But my target market is upscale, corporate events and weddings. So now I've narrowed it down to like, oh, that's, that's who I'm focusing on within the events industry. And then my target audience is, I have event planners that hire me, um, and maybe businesses like companies that have an in-house event planner, and then maybe wedding couples. i said i did weddings too so just breaking those down to start with is important to know before you of course before you set your pricing but then also about how you share your pricing okay so I'll, i'll explain some of that as we go but another example might be your market is festivals and community events and then your target market might be county fairs and arts festivals and parades so then your target audience might be the festival producer or the coordinator like whoever's hiring you okay So you can watch this replay again, write down those three categories and really think it through um, because that's going to determine how you share your pricing. And then some of you might also work for an entertainment company. Hey, Vanessa Ariel, thanks for joining us. Um, Springing springing Carol blog. Hi. (laughs) I have such a hard time reading these IG handles and I wish it put your name too, but it just says the IG handle. So. Um, hey, dream up, right? Good to see you again. So thank you all for being here live. Um, all of everything I just said, some of you might also work with entertainment companies on top of that. So you might have an entertainment company hire you and then you might also book directly with clients. So again, a reason that you might have different rates and different ways of sharing your rates. So the other thing I want to preface before we Astrid. Okay, Astrid from Vienna. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Um, Before I talk about how to share your pricing, I just wanna say I recommend, what I'm talking about today is how you share your pricing. That's an external process. And when you create your pricing, I do recommend that you have like set line item pricing so that you know your costs, you know um, how much you need to make to run your business off of what you're doing. So I do recommend that specific. And later I'm going to talk about price ranges and ballparks and prices start at, things like that. But that's just external facing. Internally, I do think it's worth spending the time to really crunch the numbers and create your pricing so it's set. I'm not talking about changing your price for each client on a whim. I'm talking about some set rates. So I just wanted to share that too. So let's go to the first question Miranda had asked before about... And by the way, everyone else that joined us, feel free to drop a question in the chat as we go. Um, But Miranda had asked a few weeks ago, like, do I share my pricing on my website? And so the first thing I like to do is, well, what would be the goal of sharing your pricing on your website? And it might be ease so that you don't have to spend a lot of time with follow up phone calls and emails. But a lot of the times the goal for sharing your pricing on your website is to do what's called qualifying a client. And that basically means making sure they can afford to, to hire you, right? So you're qualifying, is this, is this person qualified? Meaning do they have enough money to actually hire me? So if that's the goal, you can achieve that other ways because there, in my opinion and in my experience, there are very few times that putting your pricing on your website is actually a good solution for this industry because of what I started with in the beginning. There are many different types of events that you might do and many different people that might be hiring you. So for example, I'll give you a few ways that you can put some pricing. Sorry, I'm jumping around. Let me go back to the goal. And then I'll give you some examples. So if the goal of putting your pricing on your website is to qualify a client, basically make sure they can afford you, then you can do things like say our pricing or my pricing starts at blank. So you haven't given them a list of all your pricing. You're just telling them what it starts at. Or my event minimum is blank, so they know I at least have to have this much to be able to hire this person. So then it achieves that goal. You can also do a price range. You know, you can say our events raise from, range from, you know, two thousand dollars to forty thousand dollars. So then they get a, a a sense of oh, okay, so this person. You know, I need to have at least 2,000 to hire them, but they're capable of a big thing. If they can do like 40,000, wow, I wanna know what $40,000 show looks like. So you can do a range on your website. And now we'll get into kind of some of the reasons of why you might not wanna share all of your pricing on your website, because this goes back to how many different people do you work for? So if you work for event planners, like if event planners hire you, and then also you're booking directly with some clients, Event planners, a lot of times, it depends on their business model. Everybody is different, but some event planners actually mark up your price, and that's part of how they get paid for doing the work that they do. It's a fair business model, you know, but if they're doing that, then some of them will actually ask, do you have your pricing on your website? Because if they're working with a client, they don't want their client to see your name written in their proposal or in some kind of document, go to your website and see, wait, they're they charge less than this event planner is charging. I can just hire them directly. And to respect the relationship with event planners, it's good to not have your pricing on your website if you're working with event planners. Because I said, of that business model, they may be marking it up. And the benefits of working with an event planner versus booking directly with a client, that's a whole other topic that I'd be happy to to talk on as well if that interests you, so let me know. Um, But I just like to just sum it up by saying to respect the relationship because it's an important relationship. It's better to not have your pricing on your website. Also, a reason to not have your pricing on your website would be as uh, two weeks ago, I talked about, do you work in different, extremely different markets? Are you doing upscale weddings or luxury weddings? And then you're also doing like a gay pride parade. Like those are two really different rates. And so you don't want to scare off. The person that's calling you for the parade or the community event say, oh, I can never afford them. And then also you don't want the luxury wedding to be paying a fee that is that you're going to be delivering a lot more when it comes to those luxury and upscale events. So I do a lot of talking about what I call the service value, which is these different levels of events like economy, mid-scale, upscale and luxury. I talk about that in our Circus Freelancer Gig Pay Guide in depth. So I won't go too into match, too into that right now. But just that if you look at the different types of events you do, the amount of work that you put into them varies. The amount of costuming, the level of costuming, um, and the expectations are different at those different levels. So that's what might justify the different pricing. So that's another reason if you're working in a wide variety of things, not to put pricing on your website, but to achieve the goal of qualifying the client, you can type, my event, my prices start at, or my, this is a price range. Okay. So that's the website. Then there's the price sheet. So a price sheet is, it can take a lot of forms. Um, but it's basically, you know, here's, here are the things that I do and here's how much it costs. Um, now it depends on how much you offer. If you offer three to 10 things, you can just list them all out. Now, if you're offering like, 50 things, that's gonna get really overwhelming. So then you might want to find ways to simplify and like break things down into little tiers or little buckets of, you know, uh, these are ground roving characters and here's a price range. Or, you know, like depending on how many things you have, getting into how to present your price sheet is another longer topic. But the idea of a price sheet is important to have Um, Some people just have this on their website that you can just click and download. I actually don't recommend that if you're working for a wide range of people and in different markets, again, because you might need different pricing. So what I prefer is to have an inquiry process where they have to submit a form or get on a phone call and you ask them some specific questions. And that's where you can determine in those questions oh, okay, what type of client is this? What type of event is this? This is the pricing that I need to give to them. Now, it can get crazy if you're trying to serve four different markets and 15 different types of people. So I really recommend honing in on this is the base, the primary goal of this is the work that we're doing. And then you might have a, a, a festival package or a wedding package or, you know, a kind of have some simple basic things that you offer for the other markets, but focus on one market. It's gonna make all of this easier. Um, So your price sheet can be based on that primary market that you're serving. You get an inquiry form, you figure out is this, you know, the right fit or do they just need the festival package? I'll send them that instead. But so having an inquiry form helps you know what to send. Now a price sheet is also really important for event planners. If you're working with event planners, It really helps them to be able to plug and play and kind of put you into their proposals if they know what you do and if they know how much it costs. Um, But when you're working directly with clients, a list of 50 things with pricing might be overwhelming. So that's where you might go to simplify things of like, oh, here's a wedding package and do three different package options where you have your line line item pricing, but you assemble them together in different ways. So you're giving them less options by showing them three packages. And this can be on a price sheet, but they're set packages. You know, your silver, your bronze, your gold, whatever you want to call them. Um, But that's just your wedding price sheet and you send it to them and they can look at the package and be like, oh, I want this from package one, this from package two, this from package three, how much would that be, right? Hey little thanks for joining us. Um, but again, price sheet for somebody like an event planner, somebody who's used to, who understands entertainment a little bit more, um, the price sheet is gonna be helpful for them to plug and play. A little pro tip there is you might wanna send them two versions of the same price sheet, one with pricing, one without, because if they wanna show that to their client, and they, because they might be doing that markup on your price, you can give them material to share with their clients without pricing on it. So you can make the same exact price sheet, words, descriptions, photos, all of that. One has pricing, one doesn't. Um, by the way, this is a lot to digest for price sheets. Um, we actually have a whole workshop on that includes price sheets, proposals, and contracts if you want to learn more on this whole thing. It's called Book Entertainment Like a Pro. And the link is circusboss.com slash contract workshop, all one word. I'll link it in the comments. But if if you want more tips on the price sheet, um, there's definitely a lot more in that workshop. Um, But one other part, a question that came up, Maggie um, had this question about, you know, somebody asked her for a price sheet basically, and she's like, but you know, sometimes when I'm building a show, I have like a base price, and then I add on an ambient set on top of that at a lower rate. And so my, my thought on this is you can find a way to actually build, and we teach this in the workshop, but you can find a way to build, this is my base price, this is my additional set price, if you're going with that model. It's a model that we used um, so people can get to see, oh, if I can add on. I can do this one set and then additional set and then additional set. Now, when it comes to shows, I actually wouldn't recommend showing them additional set prices um, for a show because I think it's better to just show them these are the prices per act and or here's the total for a show, however you want to do it. And then you can always go lower once you're in a proposal process with somebody. Because the price sheet is usually like an introduction. It's like you go into a restaurant, you get a menu. You see what everything costs. But then when you're like, oh, I want to have the the ramen, I want to add extra noodles, I want to add... um. I don't know, Brock knows what we used to always add to our ramen. But, you know, you don't know exactly what the total is. You're going to customize it a little bit and then they'll tell you how much it costs. So the price sheet is just that starting point um, to help people get budgeted. You're not locked into those numbers. Okay, you can create a custom proposal from that. Um, But so with the shows, I wouldn't show them. Hey, Martin, Caderno? No, that's a Cad... Whoa, Katernaska. I can't I'm sorry, I can't get that one. <laughs> I tried. Hi Martin. Um nice to have you here. Uh but we're talking about pricing and how you share it. And right now we're talking about, you know, when if you're using a model like we used to use, that you have a base price for an act and then you have <clears> our <throat> base base price for one roving stilt dancer set. And then you have an additional set at a lower price, like an add-on set price, you can break that down and show it. But I wouldn't recommend doing that for shows. You might have, for instance, somebody that does an aerial act and a contortion act. And you may have a pricing model where you charge full price for the aerial act and then you give a discount on the contortion act because you're going to be there and you're doing two acts. I wouldn't share that at the out front. Just say this is the price for aerial, this is the price for contortion, and then when you get into creating the show, if there's enough time to do both acts and do a costume change, you know, then you can say, okay, I'll give a discount on the the contortion act if that's your model. Um, I hope that makes sense, Maggie. I would present it as this is what it is, and then when you get into conversations, then you can always say, hey, I I, I can. I can make a deal for you here. We can make it bring the budget down if we follow this timeline because that allows this performer to do multiple things. So then you're like helping them out and doing them a favor. Um, So we've talked about, do you have your pricing on your website? We've talked about having a price sheet um, and then custom proposals. So I'll be honest, a lot of the times we did custom proposals and if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't focus only on custom proposals because it slows down the process. Um, any work that you do on a proposal is free work until you get booked. You don't know if they're going to hire you when you're creating a proposal. Um, there, I've heard people talk about a fear of if you put all your best ideas in a custom proposal and they decide they don't want to hire you, they might take those ideas and go hire someone else. I don't know if that ever happens, um, but if that's a concern of yours, then again, you might not want to spend all of your time on all these custom proposals. We viewed writing a custom proposal kind of like a marketing cost because it allowed us to introduce ourselves to a client to show them what we're capable of. They may not be able to hire us from that proposal, but hopefully we've wowed them enough, they'll hire us in the future. That happened a lot, not all the time. So just know that any time that you spend making a custom proposal, it should be like an investment it should be money that it should be time that is extra because there's no guarantee that you will get compensated for that time so having a nice price sheet that also has some example packages can help cut down on the custom proposals and you can have your custom proposals start at a specific amount you can say here's my price sheet my custom proposals start at $5,000 or whatever works for you. Um, maybe you, you do, I, I talk a lot about packages and just in case you haven't heard me say this before, if you're a performer and you offer only three things, you can still create three packages out of that. If you're a stilt dancer, a fire dancer, and you have an aerial act, you can combine those three things in many different formats. Can you do multiple of them at each event and in what order and you know, you so there's ways to build packages even if you have a small set of what you offer. Um, that's what I mean by packages. So the custom proposal, if you only offer three skills, you don't need to do a custom proposal. Just come up with all of the different ways that you could offer those things. And those are your packages that you offer. Um, Custom proposal can also be the second step. You can send them your price sheet first and say, great, let me know what you like and we can build you a custom proposal from this. That can also save you some of your time. Um, But the custom proposal is not something you're gonna have to download from your website. So that's more of the, again, going through that inquiry process. Um, The last thing with pricing, and by the way, anyone that's joined us since I've said it, feel free to ask questions in the chat. This is a really, really big topic. I'm trying to sum it down into as concise little buckets here. But the other common area that people will ask for pricing is ballpark, Um, especially in the event planning field when people are planning really far out in advance or maybe they're putting together a proposal to win a bid. So that's another part of like how this works that might be helpful to know. Sometimes when an event planner is contacting you, they don't even have the job yet themselves. They might be up against five other event planners. They're creating a proposal to submit to the client and the client picks one. And this used to happen to us often where maybe there was five event planners that were bidding on a job, three of them would contact us. So we were on three different proposals for the same event and it would just depend on who won it whether or not we would get the work so sometimes just know that an event planner is contacting you to get initial ideas to win the work first um so at that ball at that stage all they really need is a ballpark and sitting down to create a custom proposal is time again that hey stack up perform um sitting down to do a custom proposal at that stage is going to be like even a lower percentage of are you going to actually get booked for the time that you're putting in for the proposal. So when they ask for a ballpark, um, that can be hard because you might do events that go from 2,000 to 40,000 or whatever your price range is. So what's helpful is to give some examples. So you can say, okay, for shows, for instance, shows I always found the hardest one to give a ballpark for because. It depends on the venue. It depends what performers are available. It depends on the theme, the stage size. There's so many variables that affect what's possible. So if you can either draw on past events or create a few example shows, just give examples and say, hey, you know, once we know the venue, once we know the theme, once we know more details, we can create a customized show package for you but let me give you some examples of past things that we've done and that'll help with the ballpark when they say we just need a ballpark number. So for example, I might say, oh, um, here here's the details that you wanna share when you're sharing a ballpark, just, or sorry, when you're sharing an example. Let's say you're gonna say, uh, tell them about a show, share the theme to get them excited about it. Um, the length of show is the one of the most important things because people are trying to fill up the time blocks in an event. So They might not even care if there's aerial fire stilts, acro contortion, any of that. They might just want it to be, well, we need a 30 minute show during dinner and then you get to create what's in it. Or I need a five minute show right before the CEO speaks. So length of show is super important to share in your examples, the number of performers and then an example of skills. So you might say, oh, we have the Electric Sea Odyssey show that has underwater effects with black light and LED. You're getting them excited about this unique show and it's um a 20 minute show it has seven performers and it has um it has uh black light mermaid act it has <clears throat> electric jellyfish LED act it has you know just run down the skills and tell them the price so that's an example of a show so i can be like oh, okay cool so they'll know sort of okay for that number of show and that type of effect and those skills it was the price and you tell them it's going to vary on your venue it's going to vary on who's available for your specific date. It's going to depend on what skills we do. So this is just a way to give them a ballpark, is giving them past examples. If you wanna give them an example of like roving or ambient, then just say the length of the event. So maybe we did, we, here's, an, here's an event where it was a Gatsby themed event. We provided entertainment for four hours. It was roving. We had 15 performers and we had, here were the skills and this was the price and say, here's two examples. Of course, once we get to the proposal phase, we'll give you more specific numbers. So that's kind of how you can handle the ballpark. If you don't do any of those complex things I just mentioned and you're just doing like three skills or something, and you say, my pricing ranges from this to this, or an aerial act is typically, you know, 1,000 to 3,000 or 1,500 to 4,000, whatever it is for you. Um, But don't spend time on a custom proposal when they're asking for a ballpark. So, hey, hashtag Tran, thanks for joining us. Um, So I just shared a lot of information and uh, we're just actually kind of wrapping up now. But anyone that has any questions on this, again, if you're live, drop it in the chat. Um, If you're watching on the replay, drop it in the comments. I'll try to answer it. But we talked about how to share pricing with your clients. And remember in the beginning, I talked about how you really wanna start with your market You wanna start then look at, well, who's your target market? Like what types of events or types of gigs are you doing? And then who are the people that are hiring you? And that's gonna dictate how you share your pricing. Because again, if you work with a lot of different of these examples, you're not just gonna have one price sheet just available for download on your website. Um, The key there is to make this easy. Like I just said a lot of variables and a lot of complexity. But that inquiry form, like having a sales process. So I didn't mean to plug it, but I said the word sales process. So I'll plug another workshop we have called Win the Work, where we take you through this process of here's the inquiry. We give you templates with here are the questions that we used to ask. Here are the email templates of what we used to say at each stage of the sales process. That's called Win the Work. Um, I can't remember that link because I wasn't planning on... Plugging it, it's probably called, yeah, it's probably circusboss.com slash sales workshop. I'm going to double check that just to make sure. Um, but even if you don't get this workshop, I'm checking the link, sales work shop. Yeah, that's it. So it's called win the work, circusboss.com slash sales process. No, sales workshop. Sorry. Um, hey, Lucretia. Even if you don't get that workshop, that's totally fine. Um, But to make this easy is you really, hey, Katie, you really want to look at what pricing goes to what client, what type of event, and that will help you ask the questions in your inquiry form to know which one to send them. So I'm not talking about manually coming up with pricing or packages for every single person that emails you because all you would do is sit behind your computer and we want you performing and in the studio and doing what you love. So it's... I present all of these so you can like map it out in your brain, maybe, you know, do sticky notes, note cards, whatever you need to do and say, okay, this price would go for these type of events. Um, and here's how I'm going to share it with them so you can like make this process easier. But um Hey Willa Maynor, thanks for joining us. Hey Acrodeb, good to see you. So we're actually just wrapping up. We talked about how to share pricing. If anyone has any final questions before I pop off, feel free to drop them in the chat. Otherwise, you can watch the replay. I also post the replays on um, still a long way to get overwhelmed by requests. Okay, that's good. That's good. And it's good for you to, to even just think about that right now you're not getting overwhelmed by requests. But if you can think about there will be a time when you probably will, it will help you kind of put systems in place so that, you're not spending all of your time on the computer because it can get really overwhelming. And sometimes it can be like the shower turning on. You can like have a slow trickle. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam. <laughs> and you're like, I can't handle it all the way I've been handling it. So I need to think of um, a more streamlined way. So I'm always talking about streamlining because we did high vol- high volume and I learned the hard way. I like to be very detail oriented, but um, so you just learn how to do like templates and, um, processes that help you with, for, you know, filling out forms, respond this way, things like that. Um, so I talked about the Win the Work workshop, that's for sales process. Then I also mentioned the Book Entertainment Like a Pro, if I mentioned that one yet. I don't know if I did. Yeah, yeah, because that's the the price sheets and proposals and contracts. Uh, that's circusboss.com slash workshop And we are relaunching an updated version of the Circus Freelancer Gig Pay Guide that'll be out March 1st. Um, So keep an eye on the socials, we'll let you know when that comes out, but that's a great workshop to help you actually figure out your pricing. So before you're sharing it with the world, you wanna be confident that your pricing is respecting the market and serving your financial needs and setting you up to be profitable and sustainable. So that workshop will be out very soon. And I don't see any other questions. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. And this topic today actually came from a question on a previous one. So if you have further questions that I can't answer in the comments, I can just turn that into another IG Live. So please ask. Let me know what you are struggling with in all of these areas of being a business person. Um, I guess that's it. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, today. So good to see you all. Bye.